life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Check, hello. Two, one, three. Koala, kangaroo, fosters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo, babies. Can you not do Baby your Will gone. Anderson impression, please? That's <laughs> not a knife. That is a knife. Uh, Mr. Elwood? Hey, how are you? All right. Graham Elwood. Fosters. <laughs> Shrimp on the Barbie. Did you say you wanted my Will Anderson impression? No, I said stop doing your Will Anderson impression. Oh. <laughs> do you have a Will Anderson impression? I've never done one. I thought I'd try. I've, I've never even thought of trying to do one. Hold on. I don't know if we should talk about that right now. <laughs> Sweet. I've never done that before. Sorry, Will. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories podcast, everybody. Uh, part of the All Things Comedy Network. I am your host, Murray Valeriano. I uh, didn't tell these guys we were starting, so they're probably looking at me with uh, deer in the headlights. But uh, <laughs> I have to start off with an apology. I'm sorry uh, for no show last week. Um, my mixer, Sir Mixer-A-Lot, died. And I've never called it that. I don't know why. Never, I, said no, that. I love how you're saying it like that's a thing of your show. <laughs> All the fans are like hashtag uh, Sir Mixer no, Lot. R.I.P. Sir oh. Mixer Lot. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh. Me and Kid Sensation went home away from home. <laughs> so uh, my apologies for no show last week, and of course uh, my apologies to Brant Tobler and Jay Larson who came over here to a dead mixer. And did not do the show, but I took him out for bagels instead. Good so for you. I think we're going steady. So, um, so be sure to check out Brant Tober's podcast, uh, the Thirty One uh, podcast, and of course Jay Larson's Crab Feast with Ryan Sickler, also on uh, All Things Comedy. Uh, they're really good, and I'll have those guys back uh, very, very soon because he lives around the corner. And uh, speaking of all things comedy, there's a comedy spotlight now they have at all things comedy. Did you hear about this? Uh, yeah, I think they just sent an email out about. Yeah, that. yeah. So their spotlight in the show this week is Champs. With Moshe Kasher. Oh, um, nice. So I think they sit around talking about Champ's shoes, sneakers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to it. I just did a show with him up at uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. Oh, great. Awesome. Him and Brent Weinbach, Weinbach show like videos. It was called, I forget what the name of the show was. Anyway, very funny. Excellent. Moshe's a funny man. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. He's been on the show before. Uh, so check that out. And uh, all right, enough about plugging other people's shows. Let's get down to it. Uh, since Graham Elwood was late, we're going to... Uh, Monty came from Australia. You came from Santa Monica. And yeah. you got here on time. Well, I <laughs> out was the there traffic? Right? Um, I, I figured out the Pacific somehow. A <laughs> uh, real quick introduction. Uh, joining me today, uh, second time here uh, from Australia. Very funny comedian, Monty Franklin, uh, comes on. Uh, glad to have you back. It's been Hi. a long time, man. Thank you. Thanks He's rocking a beard. Yep, doing that. Looking very good. A little shaggy. You fixed up the place here. Yeah, we Murray. redid it it's since amazing. the last time you were here. Thanks. Uh, he was giving me notes on my grass. Yep. He worked for... Uh, oh, you're uh, a lawn guy? I worked for a landscape gardener for about two years, three years. I love a good lawn. <laughs> it's a very sad thing. I think it's in the male DNA to like a good lawn. I've looked at lawns before. I just, just told Murray I've driven in my car, stopped and thought, man, I'd like to mow that lawn. <laughs> like, I, like the, I like the contours of it. I like the look of it. I want to mow it. <laughs> this isn't a euphemism for seeing a pretty woman. It's and not saying, no, no, it's no. literally it's no, grass. He's giving me notes. He's like, listen, mate, get your weed whacker, whatever you call them. I want you to trim that up over there. 
I don't do <laughs> nice. accents. But uh, <laughs> so really glad to have you back, Monty. Thank um, you. And uh, of course, the man who needs no introduction in the podcast world, <laughs> I don't think. And that because I said his name already. <laughs> yeah, you already you already got on me for being late because uh, I live literally a mile and a half from you at the at best. Yeah, but that tra- I warned you about that traffic. Did you get Fuck. hit? Yeah, I didn't leave. Traffic in L.A. Yeah, it was about. insane. Well, Ocean Park Boulevard <laughs> was stacked up, and I was like, "Mother." The, the main drag from my house to the beach that everybody takes they close down two lanes, and so it's. My 10-minute drive to the beach is now a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's very stupid. Oh, the problems of living 10 minutes <laughs> I know. from the beach. My 10-minute drive to the beach is now half an hour. I was sitting there going, I should have taken my bicycle. <laughs> yeah, right? I would take my bicycle to the beach if it wasn't for that huge hill. Man up. <laughs> I go up and down that hill all the time. Whatever. Just because you have a samurai sword in your house doesn't make you a man. <laughs> Makes me a samurai. Is what it does. <laughs> uh, well, uh, of course, Graham Elwood <laughs> joins us from the Comedy Nerd Film Nerds podcast and every uh, theater and club in America. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yes. Traveling to a comedy club near you, and I too would like to mow your lawn. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I don't think he's talking about the grass though. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, you I'm are. talking about butt fucking. No, what, what were you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm no, sorry. What did you say? talking about that the whole time? Oh. <laughs> Some sort of Australian slang? Yep. <laughs> I stop in my car and look at someone and go, I'd like to mow their lawn. And that just means I want to have, what did you call it? Bug fucking. Bug fucking. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that really shines. Hey, you know that guy? He's a landscaper, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? He's a landscaper from down gardener. under. <laughs> Give him the secret handshake. He knows. <laughs> um, you guys have both been on the road a lot uh, recently, which is what I love. Um I want to talk a little bit first off about uh, the tour Monty has been on. Yes. Can we first talk about these water bottles? <laughs> I know no one can see them, but you've got to picture a normal arrowhead water bottle that's cut in half and is, it looks like an aeroplane water bottle. And no, it, cut in... This is a quarter. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll it give feels you. ridiculous holding it. Like, I feel ridiculous. But then there's a case of full-size ones, <laughs> yeah, just, almost like a tease. Just, just a big... Taunting us. Yeah. Just yeah, a full-sized <laughs> middle finger. Just right like, at you guys. When I have real guests on, yeah. these are the waters that they get. The they get. You <laughs> get the, the eighth of what the <laughs> other people get. I get when it. I have shithead road acts that nobody cares about, you get the shot glass. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're free. You're welcome. Attaboy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Murray. Attaboy. Uh, that's the end. And I just bought these for, and because those were on, and then they're on sale. So you can have more. We have two more, so you can have an actual half. You don't half. have to explain yourself. You can it's have fine. an actual okay, half. You don't fine. have to drink the eighth by yourself. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we were going to talk about Monty, but we're going to talk about Graham now. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm scared of that issue. Uh, Monty's been on uh, on the road with uh, two other great comp friends of mine, uh, Tim Lee and Andrew Norelli. Oh, Correct. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Correct. who have been on before and will be on hopefully again soon. And uh, well, I can't. What is the name of that tour? All right, let's just get it out with. The name of the show that we've been doing is The Incredibly Handsome Comedians. I didn't come up with the name <laughs> wow. of the show, okay? <laughs> if anyone wants to book me on a show and pay me money to do stand-up, I'm going to do it. I don't care what <laughs> yeah. you call it. You can call it the butt-fucking tour. <laughs> the, 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 I'll, I'll mow your lawn butt-fucking tour, and if you're going to pay me, I'll do it. I don't care. We, we, <laughs> the, the Mein Kampf tour. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm there. <laughs> 
There was a crowd. Like, there have been really good crowds. Tim Lee is a fantastic promoter. Yeah, he's and, a fantastic um, comedian too. Yeah, 200 plus people at these shows. So Where? Where you guys? Where have you guys gone? We've done San Diego, um, Santa Cruz, San Fran. And the other two guys have done another few somewhere, but I couldn't make them. Are but, they um, like comedy clubs? You guys going to theaters? No, or? theaters. Tim books out theaters. And wow, uh, I won't lie. Like, majority of uh, people there are middle-aged women going, ah! like, and it's funny. But they've been really, really good shows. <laughs> they're great. Well, they're all, all three of you are headliners. It's a great show. Yeah, I yeah. would imagine it being a great show. I, I obviously should have been asked to do it. Yeah. I don't understand why. The, what is it? The incredibly handsome comedians? Uh, yep. Or that's what they call it. You call it the incredibly handsome comedians. I didn't come up with the name tour. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't come up with the name tour. I would have gone tour for anything but fucking um, expedition <laughs> tour. It's a long title that I have. <laughs> Uh, they had to show up. We got to put that butt fucking expedition tour together. We got to. We really got to make that happen. I think we're gonna have a different demographic. Yeah, but I don't know what demographic. You're I, either gonna get a bunch of of gay people, or you're gonna get. A hey, bunch hey, of, hey, 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 hey! Landscapers. Oh, sorry. A bunch of landscapers. <laughs> Landscaper Americans. Let's be. So that's great. You guys have been going up and down California, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been really good. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. How long did it take for them to put that tour together? Um, I don't know. Look, you'd have to ask Tim. He he really was the mastermind behind it. He yeah. just asked me to to come on board and, and be part of it. And I don't know. He's a very good promoter. He knows how to get to local radio stations and, and oh, really? speak with them and then papers and stuff and promotes it in, in the right way to get you know crowds there, which everyone wants. But, well, um, I'll say what's impressive about Tim. I... Uh, wrote his he had a pilot and i was uh, hired to write the pilots how i initially met tim and uh rarely do you see a pilot not a ma- that doesn't have a major star in it that's packed audience to see him oh yeah you know what I, did that make sense yeah like yeah like we didn't have to buy an audience normally you pay guys to come be an audience for a pilot we didn't have to buy an audience yeah it was really? packed with tim lee fans he knows how to get an audience Mind you, it, like he must have put up a thousand photos. It, myself, Tim, and Andrew went uh, horseback riding and took some photos, like <laughs> stupid ones, promoting right. the incredibly handsome comedians with us, you know, trying to look devilish, devilishly handsome. <laughs> and he has just flooded Facebook. And I'm getting messages from friends back at home going, are you doing the new Brokeback Mountain or something? <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, oh, no, nothing. It's just a, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but they don't know. Oh, that's a good thing you guys are handsome. You show up on all those pictures. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm impressed. I'd like to talk to Tim Lee more about promoting like that. Yeah, seriously. He's good. But you've had no you you've had no problem with audiences. Uh that's not entirely true. It's it's a I think it's a constant struggle. I mean, I wish I could um I mean, I I promote a lot, but mm-hmm. like you know, it's it's uh, doing like comedy film nerds live. And maybe that's that's kind of a different animal cuz that's doing a live podcast. Sure. You're already into a small percentage of people that know what podcasting is. Still, right, yes. You mean I yes. I don't know what it is. Exactly. You don't know what you're doing here drinking I have a shot glass no of idea water right now. <laughs> you know why I don't know who you people are. But you and Graham are supposed to split that, so don't drink it all. Oh, I've taken more than my share. Sorry, Graham. <laughs> well, this each dude drops off of the cap. Um, that's enough. Nice. Wow, you'll get you the Michael Winslow of guys that do podcasts. Um, That's the name of my next door. <laughs> um, but no, I was saying like, 
you know, we've done comedy film nerds live in, you know, probably a half a dozen places. Mm-hmm. And certain cities draw really well. Yeah. And then others, it's it's kind of hard. And it, and sometimes you run into that. Um, you got to have a big name guest. Mm-hmm. And, and some, you know, again, it's a different animal because most people don't know what. I mean, a good 75% of the population still doesn't even know what a podcast is. Right, so right. you're up against that versus, hey, stand up comedy with these acts, mm-hmm. you know. But that's, man, I'm going to call Tim Lee. <laughs> so it's weird that sometimes big name acts don't draw and you wonder why and it's just the way they're promoted. So it's just a certain way because Tim yeah. is promoting three guys who essentially don't have big names mm-hmm. in this show, but he's getting huge crowds because he knows how to promote in the right way. If he took a big guy on tour, he'd probably sell out huge theaters. I was trying to think of a stadium here. I couldn't think of one. I was going to say <laughs> Wembley Stadium. I think that's in England. Yeah, yes, which, is, yeah. which is good to sell it out to a bunch of Californians. Yeah, right. they're going to fly. That's the best promotion yeah. I've ever heard of in my life. Flying there to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a $1500 plane ticket, guys. You can see <laughs> to <philosophical>. Michael Winslow <laughs> and the buttfuckers of comedy. <laughs> but no, I think you know honestly that you say that I think that is sort of a smart play in getting three like headliners, yeah. not huge name acts, not household names, but all have fan bases and are all good yeah. at obviously good at being promoted, like doing morning radio mm. and you have to know how to kind of do that. And I yeah. think like one of the, the, the comedians of comedy did that was probably 10 years ago now. Yeah, it must've been. Yeah. Um, before Pat and had sort of blown up and, and Brian and, and Maria Bamford, it was smart because mm-hmm. you, you're, you're like I think if everybody has enough of a fan base, and again, like like you're saying, if if the marketing is done correctly, you can put together a pretty sweet tour. Yeah. Do you know what I think too? I think a lot of people come out to shows like that not expecting anything really. They think, oh, I, I hope this is funny. It kind of sounds funny, but they don't know. And then they see three acts that have worked for you right. know over 10 years each and know how to put on a performance, and they go, whoa, that was really good. And then that's got to spread. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It was funny. Like I was talking to a club owner um, at the Zanies in Rosemont and and, uh, the manager there, and she made a great point. She goes, the worst thing for comedy is a bad show. Somebody's I've never seen stand-up before, and my first show is 10 acts, seven of them suck. Oh, right? yeah. It's three hours long. You know, like, it. then they're just like, oh, that's what comedy is. Yeah. yeah. And how many times do you still run into that where somebody's like, oh, my God, I've never been to a comedy show before. This was great, you know? Every time I perform. Yeah. There's somebody yeah. there. I mean, you've got diehard podcast fans. Mm-hmm. You've got people who come every all the time. And then you've got people like, I've never been to a comedy show. I it's came still- with so-and-so. Yeah, 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 yeah. They brought me or... And you, it's still amazing to me that in America, and I don't know if it's, this is the case in Australia, but in America, it's still... Stand-up comedy is not on the short list of entertainment options. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. people are like, we're going out tonight. It's yeah. movie, yeah. see a band, dance club or whatever. And they're not like, oh, we got to go see comedy. And I think that... But then there is also a renaissance because of the technology where... Yeah. There is this new wave of fans I've noticed in the last like seven to 10 years who are now comedy fans because they can follow you online, download your album, watch clips of your act. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's sort of, there is a new thing happening. But it's, it's like a club, another club owner said to me, he goes, Our best customer comes two to three times a year. You yeah. Know what I mean, that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's not a lot. That's not a lot at all. Yeah. That's why, I mean, this is, again, this was Zanies in Nashville that's been there 30 years. Oh, Zanies, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you I'm look- I'm an improv guy in Chicago, so suck, 
Danish Kentucky. <laughs> oh. I didn't know that there was there was beef here between comedy clubs. All right, no, just, just me and Zanies. But Look I'm at you start sipping one. on your little waters as you're having a little debate over <laughs> Chicago-based no, comedy like clubs. Super criminal sipping. Well, on let me ask here. you that though, Monty. Is it like that in Australia? I mean, I've done I've been to Australia once and did some shows there, but I haven't been there that much. So, is it like? I mean, is especially in like well Sydney or the bigger cities? Is it the thing is? Um, there's really there's not not like here. I know that there's sort of um, competition, especially in LA, between the three major clubs that we know. But um, there's not that in uh, Australia because there's just not the amount of clubs. There's only one uh, improv in Melbourne. There's right. a, it's not called the improv. It's called the Comics Lounge. And there's another one called the Comedy Club. But they're not in direct competition because there's just not a big enough market for it. There's just one in each in each oh, major right. city, and and everyone knows it. Who needs a comedy club though when you play the Sydney Opera House? <laughs> that's right, Monty. Yeah, no you big deal. You played the Sydney Opera House? Yeah, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I played it like two two months ago, just before Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. I was um I was performing here in LA. I'll tell you a quick story of how it happened. I was performing here in LA, and uh, Rob Schneider saw me. I was just doing eight minute set like everyone does here in LA. Sure. He saw me. He liked me. He goes, "Come on tour with me," and I'm like, "Okay." And the next day, he flew me out to Dayton in Ohio. I did the Funny Bone there. Oh, yeah. And um, that was great. Really great bunch of shows. And then he said, all right, come to Australia with me. And we went for a few weeks and went right around my country, my backyard, to all the biggest venues that I could possibly play in, especially the <laughs> Sydney Opera House. Sold out like 2,500 seats. Holy and I got shit. to do 20 minutes before Rob Schneider doing an hour. Like I was, I was part of the show. It wasn't like I was just doing a couple of minutes and, then, right. you know, it was great. And he took me on all the radio shows and it was like I was part of the tour with him. It was really great. Like he's been fantastic. And then I did Chicago improv with him um, over Christmas and New Year's. Same deal. Like, yeah, he's just, it's been fantastic. So I got to tick off something that was on my bucket list that I never think that I would actually get to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up seeing the Sydney Opera House and seeing huge bands and acts perform there and then I actually got to stand on that stage and do 20 minutes of material to that many people was amazing. That's awesome. Isn't that yeah. great? And they must have kind of loved the sort of local boy Well, I gave him, I gave the- him that spiel in about a minute. I just sort of told everyone in why i'm there because i've gone to shows before and the opening act you don't know who they are and you go who's this idiot right and i knew that they'd go ah oh, he's he's just from down the road like but i said yeah i am from down the road but i <laughs> i um, i've been brought over here because he saw me and, I, and everyone was like ah oh, cool and you know it, and it was a really nice thing of him to do yeah and mm-hmm. it, it, they saw that and they go oh, he's, he's a good guy because a lot of people do think majority of actors and stuff in hollywood are just assholes and into themselves and stuff yeah but, you know, he really, he really just took me sort of under his wing and and gave me a big opportunity, which was fantastic. That's amazing. That is so like, if I, I don't know, I guess I'd be like me going back to Brendan Byrne Arena in Jersey, yeah. you know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and of course, Facebooking my ex girlfriend from high school, make sure she went. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> I Facebooked this your ex girlfriend. I told her I was I was doing the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> this is a bit I like to call Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Knock, knock, who's there? Whore. <laughs> what? That's, that's a weird bit. No, I, I would, like, if I got to play the Chicago Theater, oh, that's that, where I'm from, yeah, and yeah. Sinatra played there, wow. and I saw him play there, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. I would love to play. I mean, that oh, would be, you saw Sinatra? Yeah. You bastard. In wow. 93. Oh, uh, good for, oh, just caught it. Just caught it. Just caught it. A couple years later, good he died. Good for you. They it, broke They broke into Letterman and announced that he died. 
Oh, I remember that. Man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was performing at the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. where I'll be headlining next weekend, February 6th through the 8th, and um, <laughs> still working that club. And uh, um, Pay's still the same. <laughs> I think it went down <laughs> from 93. Um, and they, uh, yeah, he died that day, and then um, uh, everyone at the club we all held. I held up a glass in honor of. It was kind of. I was kind of cool. I was like, well, it's very fitting that yeah, this yeah. showbiz guy. And then I flew. When I flew back to L.A., I went to a movie at the Chinese Theater, and this this is a very cool tradition in Hollywood. On his star on the Walk of Fame, there was shot glasses and flowers. And when anytime somebody famous dies on the Walk of Fame, people just put stuff on mm-hmm. it, which yeah. is kind of cool. That is cool. It, was that a was that a thing here when Sinatra died? Like everyone would know where they were, type thing. It, was it that big of a deal? Um, like for instance, I know where I was when uh, Princess Diana died because that was a big deal in Australia, mm-hmm. coming from the Commonwealth. Sure. Like I knew exactly where I was standing, but I, I didn't. I didn't know about Sinatra. To be honest, I didn't know. It kind. I mean, for for me, it kind of was. I mean, uh, I think if you were an entertainer in the yeah. states, you kind of. And I grew up in Jersey, and my son's name is Frank. <laughs> it's oh, right. I, uh, yeah, and I'm Italian, <laughs> and I have blue eyes, and you're in the mob, <laughs> and I'm in mob, and uh, yeah, no, but I was just a big fan, so that's why I knew, and and I kicked myself because he played, he like speaking of Brendan Burnery, I think he played Giant Stadium four nights in a row in like '93, probably the same tour or whatever. And my buddy and I didn't, you know, we were poor, we we're basically out of high school, mm-hmm. we had you know no job, and we couldn't scrounge up to three hundred dollars or what it was for a ticket. And we didn't see him, and I never got a chance to see him. It was awesome. And when he was playing in Chicago, the rumor was that he used to always go to this, I think it was called the Downtown Sardine Bar, which is this little lounge that's been in Chicago for a long time. And so the rumor, like, he was known to, when he played in Chicago Mm -hmm. after his big theater gig, would go to this little lounge and belt him out till 2 or 3 in the morning. That would have been awesome. And we were just like, (laughs) no fucking way. So we went, it's funny, we went to the Sardine Bar, and there was all these people just waiting, and he was you know, whatever, how old he was at that point in his 80s. Right. He didn't show up, but it was cool, just the energy oh, in, yeah. in this thing, because especially in Chicago, you know, Sinatra had a long history, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, Chicago's a big mob town, so. Mm-hmm. Did he sound what? good even in his late years? His voice was was kind of shot, but yeah. it was still, I don't know, to yeah, me, it's I was still, like, yeah, it it's still right. Sinatra. Tom Dreesen opened up for him. It's awesome. Tom has been on the show. That's and Tom told this great story. I'll never forget. I I was only had been doing stand up a couple years at that point, and I had just come off the road doing like shitty one nighters and bars, and was like you know getting paid fifty bucks a show sure, or whatever, sure. and was at the concert with the girl I was living with at the time, and was like complaining to her about I hate this or whatever. And Tom Dreesen comes out and told a story about having to do a sto- a show in some town in Minnesota. And it was a fairly big theater. Mm-hmm. And there was a crazy blizzard. And so he goes on stage and there's like six people in the audience. And he's like, I don't want to do a show. And he goes on stage and he's like, guys, I mean, we can just refund your tickets. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we drove through a goddamn blizzard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see you do your show. And he went, okay. And he goes, I did my show for them. And he goes, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And I realized that it's not about, you know, obviously we all want to play to sold out venues, but he goes, it's about those people that showed up and they wanted a show. And I gave it to him. And I remember when that happened, my, my girlfriend looked at me like, 
this guy's been doing it for 50 years and he's telling you this. And I was like, you're right. And I, and from that moment on, I was always like, okay, that's right. I mean, I've, I've played to huge crowds and, and got a 2,500 Sydney auditorium. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. again. (laughs) (laughs) But I've also, I had, I did a gig to two people. I remember. um, And it was an amazing show. Like I had a great time because the whole audience (laughs) was listening. (laughs) (laughs) But they were into it. As long as someone's into what you're doing, then you're having a good time. I've said I've said it on this show before, so I apologize. But I had the same epiphany at a club up in Sacramento when there were eight people in this room, and they came out and they said, "This was the best night we've seen Dane Cook at the yeah. big theater here. We've been here when it's been packed, but this was the best night we've ever had. We felt like you were really talking to us, yeah, and not yeah, just that's true. I'm like, well, it really was. <laughs> like, 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 drop the mic, like, and Mike, you're come here. Talking to them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they, and that changed my because I used to be a real you know, and this sadly was only like three or four years ago. So <laughs> I used to be like really kind of huffy about, you know, no audience or whatever. And then, and then that just changed my whole outlook on it. Yeah. Because, you know, I've actually had some amazing shows in front of whatever, eight people. Mm-hmm. And because I just riffed and went, and they were so like on board with whatever you're doing. Cause yeah. they're yeah. just like, holy shit, you're giving this much effort. To us, yeah, yeah, to like a dinner table, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I when I first got out here and did a show with Dane, and everybody shits on Dane Cook now, but I did a show at this place called Luna Park with Dane Cook. And oh, I remember Luna Park. Eight people in the audience, and everybody else, including me, were like, "So, blah 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 blah." And Dane Cook played it like he was playing the stadiums he's playing today. I'm telling you, he was flinging himself across the stage, <laughs> everything he does now, man, and was doing it to eight people and. Standing ovation. The thing I always said about Dane Cook when when like he blew up and comics would shit on him. Hold I on, always, there's a helicopter landing on uh-oh. my roof. <laughs> it's Dane Cook <laughs> <laughs> choppering in to, to pat you on All the right, back. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Or that's the NSA. Either one. <laughs> um, they don't land on my lawn. Not the well, lawn. Not the lawn. <laughs> better make sure the lawn's properly manicured before Dane Cook lands on your lawn. Sorry. We got no, this. but I was going to say, I remember when he blew up and all these comments, like, oh, I don't like him or whatever. I was like, you know, I would say like his comedy isn't necessarily my cup of tea, but God bless the man. Sure. He showed all of us how to promote. Yeah. He yeah. got on Saturday Night Live because of MySpace. Yeah. And so... Yeah. God met God bless the dude for like he just went and he made comedy he helped make comedy pop popular and mainstream again. Mm-hmm. And when comics get mad, I go, Do you really think your audience is the is the sixteen year old girls primarily that listen to him? Mm-hmm. You know, and go go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and, I think I think he's great. And to follow up, he got on Saturday Night Live through MySpace having turned down being a cast member. Wow. I didn't on know. On top that. of that. So that'll give you a little bit of a how much what? Hold on. He, he was offered, he was to offered be a, a cast, cast member and he turned it down. At his height of fame or, or like uh, earlier in his career earlier, or something? Or like maybe a couple of years before that huh. or something. And he turned it down because he didn't want to do it. Or like a writer or something. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. He also went out there and did a thousand shows yeah. in a year. Like yeah. he would go and perform everywhere and he busted his ass and earned everything he got. You know, he didn't... Uh, he, it, it, I give him more credit than someone who just like... I've been doing stand up fucking six months and uh, and then you yeah, know I, I'm just I, given this thing by somebody or right, my, right. Uh, you know I uh, my f- famous person just said you know what I mean and yeah, yeah. okay here I am at the Sydney Opera House you know what I mean like that kind of uh, <laughs> I was waiting for it <laughs> I knew there was a backhander there coming <laughs> he's talking about me <laughs> no I mean that's... I've only been doing comedy three months so. <laughs> 
<laughs> you had mentioned uh, uh, morning radio earlier, and I kind of wanted to talk about that because I was talking to my friend Orny Adams, who sent me a, uh, his radio promo the other day. Like he did morning radio the other day, and he sent it to me, and he always just sends me goofy shit mm-hmm. like that, and I listen to it. And man, it's first of all, he's really good at it, and it's such a, a art form, I think, to do it to watch. And I know I work with Orny a lot, so I know his act. So I say, oh, well, that's I know that bit, and I know, but it's so woven. When you do it well, man, it's so anti comics unleashed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a it's a skill. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. I, again, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but like it, here, it's not so much anymore, obviously, because of the recession and the ad money's dried up. Sure, and, sure. And podcasting or whatever, but it, at the t- before all that, it was like you had to do as much morning radio as possible to promote the shows and certain shows in certain markets had a lot of leverage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you had to like, I mean, there's, I mean, Bob and Tom became the most syndicated show ever. And they, you know, they would, they, they probably still do comp. They would take a tour of comedy of Bob and Tom comics. Mm -hmm. And you also had that short window. Cause it would be like, all right, we have a four minute thing. Yeah. So, joke it up yeah, you know yeah. and you had to like ha yeah. joke joke and then don't forget to buy tickets at the funny bone right, you know right. like or you, i think it, I remember yeah. when you had to phone it you do it over the phone at like five in the morning they yeah try and be funny from your hotel bed yeah. <laughs> funny it's bone. um it's difficult my the, in australia actually the um <clears throat> one of the highest things that a, a comedian will attain to do is morning radio that, that very well paid, like very. That's, oh, the that's, DJs get. That's the. Yeah. That's kind of what you shoot for, and yeah, stand up. Like I'm talking a million dollars a year to do mm-hmm. breakfast radio, and that's what people, um, comedians, uh, have done it. You know, for the last ten years, and mm-hmm. my couple of my buddies have just taken over two major stations. Like they're, they're doing it. They're doing uh, morning radio in Australia now, and I mean, it must be tough because they're up every morning at three thirty. Oh, I know, which means yeah. they, they're. They stand up, uh, you know. They can't be out till midnight doing stand up anymore. That that sort of takes a back seat while they're doing this, and it's a it's a different structure. Because I did have a radio show with a friend of mine, Troy Kinney, back in Australia. I was going to say, I thought you had a radio show. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was on late at night, but uh-huh. I I knew the structure that you had to do, and it's not like doing comedy. You you really have to because. Um, after every show, we would sit down with like the boss, and he would mm. go, "Now, see what you got to do there is actually hit the joke there, and then they've got thirty seconds to calm down before another commercial comes in." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> like we, it was so structured, wow. and there were certain wo- we had a list of words we weren't allowed to say, like words that you don't even realize are, are, are wrong, and you're not <laughs> not to be saying it and stuff. Like you are very like structured in what you can do. Like what well, word? you're not allowed to. Say, there's a word. What do you guys call people with red hair in this country? Ginger. Ginger. See, we call them rangers. <laughs> call them what? Rangers. Rangers? Rangers. Oh, yeah. I like that so much better. And uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to say ranger on the radio really? in Australia. And sometimes it's in your, in your vocab and you go, oh, and then this ranger came on. You go, oh, I can't say that. Hold on. And it's very, it's very structured. The, the Why way is ranger offensive? Wor- yeah. Um, I don't know. They've just decided that it is. That's how it, I'm referring to Kyle Kinane from now on. Yeah. Fucking, fucking ranger. Well, so, you ranger. Do a bunch of rangers run radio and that's why they're offended by <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> There's just a ranger mafia. a bunch mafia. of gingers in there and they're going, you're not saying ranger. We've had enough of it, okay? <laughs> but the whole structure of, of radio, it's, um, to be honest, I didn't like it because it, it really censored uh, the way you do comedy. Yeah, really. right. Yeah. And uh, people... 
who do it, do it well. And I, I respect people that do it well because sure. it's really hard to do. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, because you have to appeal to a lot of people, blanket, be nice, be yeah. friendly, yet be a little bit quirky. And so they'd like you a little bit. Well, I know comics would, and I'm sure some still do this, you know, when they would make a CD, they would put radio friendly in parentheses next to certain bits on the tracks and uh, yeah. so that the radio would play their tracks oh. in the morning and it would help them get play. And I mean, it's, it's, there's certain markets where I, it's helped me get booked back because I can say to the club, well, this guy, you know, I call into that show every week or right, whatever right. and, and that's helped me a lot like Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you still calling in on I Thursdays? I still call on Thursdays. It's called Graham's Crackers on <laughs> KRLT 93.9, The Lake. <laughs> Howie Naves. Howie Naves. Howie's Morning Rush. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Graham and me and maybe Andy Wood and our friend Walker were driving down to San Onofre to go surfing. It's quarter after seven. I got to make this phone call. Yeah. <laughs> so we, get, so we, get to, we have to listen to Graham Crackers and we're stuck in... <laughs> Traffic on the 405. We're all driving out like, oh man, I hope the waves are good. And I'm like, hold on a second, guys. Hey, Howie, it's Graham. We're getting it crazy. That's what's happened down here in Wacky Town. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed when I hear something on the radio that is new because everything's been done so many times Uh, and people still do them like a wacky prank call of the of the day like are you kidding me that's (laughs) probably been done 30 years ago if people do it and they do it well i still go well it was still funny yeah (laughs) what does graham crackers consist of uh we just talk i mean usually is uh, it like a complaint is it a no it's just five minutes of me usually howie starts in with some subject like hey did you hear today some news thing or lately it's been like Lake Tahoe isn't getting any snow mm-hmm. and what do we do and whatever. So there's some sort of jumping off point okay. that he'll throw at me and then we'll just kind of go and, oh, that's cool. you know, and then I slide in a plug for a local ski place so that I ski for free when I'm up there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, Sierra Tahoe. They're awesome. You should next time you're up there, go yeah, ski. Yeah, yeah, they're great. For sure, man. <laughs> do you spend a lot of time up there? Is that why you do the radio show? Or I, just get, sort of I get maybe way? two weeks a year. I mean, it's, oh, okay. it's just, I don't know. He... Howie, you know, was like, hey, man, come on. You got to. And I was like, "Okay." Howie is the permanent MC there. He's the mayor of Lake Tahoe. I mean, he (laughs) runs literally. He's the he's the manager and house MC at the improv at Harvey's. And then he does this morning radio and he knows everybody up there. He's one of those dudes. He got this gig like 10, 12 years ago. And, you know, he thought it was just, well, six months. We'll see. And then it just kept going. And he's really sort of he knows everybody in that town. Mm -hmm. And then there was a thing like there was a big the Angora fire, which was I can't remember how long ago this was, maybe five years ago or something like that. And he um, was on the radio for like 12 hours, really helping, like giving information and this neighborhood watch out. And that sort of solidified him. He's CNN that job. He basically, wow. I mean, yeah, he be he was the uh, yeah he was the Wolf Blitzer of. That's uh, amazing. I had no idea that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so he's a lock. And, th- and the other thing too, because it's Lake Tahoe, and there's only five casinos in South Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. They get these. That's <laughs> Seems it. Like a lot to me. Oh well, compared to Vegas, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, it's literally a, a South Lake Tahoe is a strip as a block, and there's five casinos there, and then that's it. You yeah. know, and and Lake Tahoe is huge, so. Um, so all these big name acts come, these huge bands come through there uh-huh. and he gets interviews with these giant, really? Oh God. Yeah. Just like huge name. Like how did the fuck did you get Jeff Bridges? It was like, Oh, he was up here, you know, skiing and promoting or whatever. And oh, then this awesome. like, you know, 
like Eric Clapton. He's interviewed Eric Clapton wow. and Ringo, and you're Jeez. just like, what? Well, uh, I have a story about Lake Tahoe and celebrities, but it's not Lake Tahoe, it's Reno, and it's not celebrities. <laughs> it's meth heads. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, I forget his name. Oh, shit. Who is the, uh, who is the uh, American Idol guy with the red hair? The, the grinder. Carrot Top. The, the Granger. Carrot Top. Top. Remember that song he sang? <laughs> Whatever his name. The, the uh, ec- ec- Why am I blanking on his name? I have right. no idea who you're talking about. Yeah. No, you wa- weren't in the country. I don't watch. I don't <laughs> you wa- don't know anything about this country. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch the show. Well, but everybody knew him. He's the redheaded kid. He was, I think, I think he was a landscaper, if you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> the gay, oh, anyway. The gay, the gay redhead? Is yeah, that what you were about gay, to just say? Well, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, uh, landscaper. Got yeah. it. <laughs> the ginger landscaper. The ginger landscaper. The ranger landscaper. landscaper. Anyway. <laughs> you can't say landscaper on this show. We're going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> This story went nowhere. Fast. That was a great story. Wow. <laughs> you just put some words together in a sentence, it sounds like. You really wanted to get the story out, too. You they <laughs> don't just give a podcast to anybody. All right? So. <laughs> it's so hard to land a podcasting deal in this in this day and age. <laughs> anyway. So you just got back from San Francisco Sketchfest, right? Yeah. That's awesome. We're doing this show, uh, Road Stories, uh, next Saturday, the 8th. Uh, with Eddie Pepitone. Oh, that'll be a great show. Um, yeah, except uh, got a really shitty slot. I'm up. Ag- Check this out. I'm up against Doug Loves Movies hmm. and The Benson Interruption. That's how bad my slot is. You're up against both of Doug's <laughs> no, shows. But <no. laughs> <laughs> you're doing going against Doug. Loves I think I'm movies. going against. Uh, anyway, it's a good show. Eddie Pepitone and Kira Saltanovich is going to sit in and co-host with me. Nice. So it's looking good with that. How was San Francisco this year? Loved it. Yeah. You know, we did. We had the choice Saturday one in the afternoon slot, uh-huh. which was uh, actually kind of great. I'm stoked. Uh, Pardo's doing today. What's today? Friday. Mm-hmm. I think he did his at 11 a.m. Yeah. Today I'm, or I, tomorrow. I, it was at the Punchline Comedy Club, and mm-hmm. we had a nice little turnout. It was it was fun, you know. It was uh, the the comedy film nerd fans are very, very much diehard fans, and they show up and they're eager. And we, you know, we we you start talking about movies, and they're like, you get these very visceral reactions, right. like, oh god, I fucking hated that. Like you hear that from the <laughs> in the audience. They're not heckling. They're just, and then we do like any sort of trivia, and they're mm-hmm. they're like yelling out it's 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 really cool it's, oh, it's a great. fun show to do live. i got to see it live at the la podcast festival this year and it was so much fun to watch that was a well that was great man that was doing festivals is i think the best play because you get all of these diehard fans anyway mm-hmm. and then yeah we had uh, bonnie mcfarlane and and uh, Joey McIntyre on the show. You were just waiting for me to drop that name. <laughs> I'm sorry, your best friend? Is that who you mentioned? Is that who you mentioned? He's a good man. Good uh, guy. Joey McIntyre is in a band called New Kids on the Block. They probably didn't reach Australia. I was into New Kids on the Block. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Really? Cool, yeah. Nice. I was probably about eight. I remember New Kids on the Block. Yeah, I remember yeah. singing along to them and my older cousin going, you can't sing along to them anymore. So I stopped. <laughs> and maybe that's why I'm not a landscaper. How is that? I've never. Have you ever done the Melbourne Festival? Yeah, yeah, I've done that a bunch of times. Yeah, how is that? Is that fun? It's good. I mean, it's 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 a festival like you know any other. It's a big one. I mean, it's one of the big three in the world: Mm -hmm. Um, Edinburgh, Montreal, and then Melbourne. Uh, I mean, it's great. You do those shows without a name. Again, it's it's you getting a crowd in, and if you're good and you can get people, and uh, the ones that I did, I I got good crowds because I grew up in Melbourne. You know, my friends are all there. I just got them all to come and bring their friends and their work friends and stuff like. 
that's how you do it. But um, I know a lot of people are out there on the streets with flyers and trying to get people in and they often lose money doing the festival. But the whole scene of it is is pretty good and there's a good uh, unity amongst all the comedians and it's fun. It's great. Yeah. It, it, um, it's, it's unfortunate that majority of people in Melbourne uh, think that's the only time comedy is in the city for that month. <laughs> the rest of the – they're like, oh, there's, there's comedy outside Melbourne Festival and everyone's like, ah, <laughs> come on. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's great. They always get big acts down there, and they, and they do it really well. Yeah. So it's a great festival. Well, I was in – I performed in la- uh, 2012, I think. Yeah, or 13. Uh, I went to Adelaide and Melbourne. Oh, uh, yeah, the Fringe and the – Well, no, I just did regular – It was just oh, the, you just – It was in November and December. Like, oh, nice. um, a cup A comic, uh, Dave Anthony – he, they went over there, did Walking the Room at, at Melbourne Festival, and then he hooked me up with this uh, Justin Hamilton. Yeah, yeah he's um, a money man. I did comedy festival with him last year. Yeah, he's a great guy, and he helped like just get me gigs out there. Oh, great! Yeah, so you uh, did the Rhino Room in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the Rhino, Rhino Room? Runner? Rhino, Rhino Room. Rhino. That was a great. Oh, that was room. a great show. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Rhino. And then did some like bar gigs around there, and then did the. What's that Monday night show in Melbourne that Justin runs? That big show the. Was it his show? Yeah. Yeah, I've forgotten what it's called. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I can't remember. The, my God, brain. it's called like the the, the shelf. The shelf. There, yeah, that's there it, it is. That's nice. it. That's <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, so I did that show and that's and that's where I, and then I had met Will Anderson because he had come out to do the podcast festival yep. and met him and then did shows. But it was funny what you say because a lot of people we're at the shows that I did in Melbourne and they're like, are you, are you, do you ever going to do the Melbourne festival? I'm like, I'm doing comedy tonight. Like right, here, <laughs> yeah. right now, like we're yeah. <laughs> it's a festival on tonight. Yeah, just for tonight it's only. Right I, can now. Hand, I can hand out streamers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. a, and we can say it's an international show because I'm <laughs> yeah. here. So <laughs> let's do it. Come on guys. <laughs> so how, how is it starting out? And, uh, and I'm sure we probably touched on this, but, uh, last time you we were here, but, um, that was a long time ago. Start. I just picture, and this is how I picture, uh, starting out stand up in Australia and talking to listeners is just, Shitty bar gig, shitty bar gig, shitty bar gig. Yeah. That's how I picture it. Yep. But um, the good thing about that is, is I can do any gig now and yeah. I have, I've heard it all. I've yeah. heard <laughs> drunken people yell out everything you could imagine. Right. So no one's, I mean, I don't want to say that because I'll, I'll, people will come out to shows now and go, <laughs> yeah, what about this? But I've heard everything. Like you can't really throw me. I've had the probably the best sort of breeding ground yeah. for comedy that you can get. You've got a picture, uh, you know, even if there's there was, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people in a bar, they're all drunk and right. all yelling and all you think of Australians and they're loud and they're ah, <laughs> and all that. So I dealt with that the whole time sort of um, getting my stripes as a comedian. So I, I think that helps, uh, has helped. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm just doing the shitty bar gigs here starting out has helped a lot. Yeah. Any, one in particular stand stand out of your memory of just of shitty bar gigs, yeah, or heckler um, or anything. Anybody? Oh, uh, a heckler got on stage and tried to punch me once. That's that was fun. I was doing a show on the Gold Coast, and uh, this is it's one of the better rooms in Australia. It's the Gold Coast <laughs> Art Center. It's great. Sounds like it. Yeah, you get punched. <laughs> and I was doing I was doing a bit that I do about um, a dog, and I was pretending to talk like the dog, like dogs always talk. And this girl yelled out. 
no, that's not true. Dogs don't talk. And I let her go for a little bit and I, I looked at her and I went, what part of this joke do you not understand as a joke? Is it the fact that I'm pretending to be a talking dog? Is that upsetting you? And um, she just kept going at me, going at mm-hmm. me. And I yelled something um, back at her that I won't repeat now. And um, her husband just stood straight up and walked onto the stage and said, you owe my wife an apology. And Ooh. I said... Um, I said, ma'am, I'm sincerely sorry that you've had to marry such an asshole. And <laughs> yes! he, just, he just took a huge swing and I kind of dodged it and the security just grabbed him and dragged him out and he was yelling, I'll be waiting for you in the parking lot <laughs> as he's getting dragged out. So that was fun. Wow, that's a good one. Oh, I actually just, that spurred my memory here. I was in Lake Tahoe two weeks ago uh-huh. and... Uh, at the Improv in Harvey's, which is a casino. And usually they get pretty good crowds, yeah. and uh, it's ski and snowboard season, although there's not that much snow. They just got dumped on. But at that moment, two weeks ago, they were all complaining. There's not enough snow up here. So the crowds were a little thin. Usually in January, it would be packed mm-hmm. full of snowboarders and stuff, and the shows are great. So the show was decent, but there was this guy who came in, and um, Annie Letterman was the feature act, and she saw this guy and had his sleeves cut off, had a flannel shirt with his sleeves cut off um, and had a quote unquote service dog with him. Oh, yeah. And, but I put that in quotes because this dog running around like, <laughs> okay, you bought the vest online. Sure, like, yeah, I yeah. fucking hate those people. Yeah. God damn you. It's like spitting in the face of a blind dude that actually has a service dog. And so he's drunk and he yelled some stuff and she's like, hey, sleeveless and made fun of him. Sure. And, Sleepless. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, and, I, and and he's in the there's these booths where they typically put the the high rollers. Mm-hmm. So if you gamble a lot, they go well. You get free tickets to the comedy show, and they give you this booth and this sort of choice seat. So he's in the high roller one of the high roller booths, and it's like oh great, um, because a lot of times if high rollers are assholes. They, they're, they're spending just, money. Sorry, <laughs> like sorry comedian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, she busts his balls a little bit, and she she has a fine show. And it's a it's a late it's a like late show Friday crowd or something. So they're rowdy, but they're having fun. They're sure. not being assholes. They want to have a good time. So then I go up there, and I'm you know five ten minutes in my act. I'm joking around. I'm doing some riffing, and then he like blah blah says something, and and I made some joke like I made some joke. I can't even remember what the joke. Was. I just busted his balls, made a joke about it, and and I just figured he was like having a good time like yeah i'm part of the show like one of those guys you can tell he's annihilated though he's fucking blitzed sure and and then i said something like what are you feeding your dog and i'm joking or whatever so then he stands up to walk out and of course it's the whole showroom can see him because he's like in the third row where these booths are whatever and i'm like oh so you're going out to go get some go buy some sleeves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I make a joke I'm like yeah I think there's a sleeve kiosk right there by the timeshare desk you know and I'm just fucking doing that and the crowd's loving it and then uh, and he's got his dog with him and and then so I go back to the crowd and then I notice out the corner of my eye he's just standing off to the side of the stage staring at me holding his dog which is like a, one of those smaller German shepherds. Sure. Not a full size. I don't know what you call it. Half shepherd. Um, a, a Murray water bottle shepherd. Um, and, uh, and then I started finally going, hey, dude, um, it's kind of weird. You're standing there. It's, it's very creepy. And, he's, and then he's just sitting there. And, I, and he's got that cagey drunk looking for a fight. Oh, like, yeah. Already I can see it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I know this. 
And then he said, like, fuck you, man, or something. I was like, oh, you're mad at me? He goes, you know, you should make fun of my dog. I go, dude, I'm just playing around. It's a joke. Fuck you, man. I said, all right. And I just was like, I'm not even going to get into it. With yeah, I go, yeah. you got to go. Just leave. And at that club, they don't, they have mater D's, which are these women who are these nice, polite, older women who seat you. Uh, and I'm like, all right, guys, you need to get him out of here. And, and then he's like, fuck you. And then his drunk ladies are like, you fucking should make fun of the dog. Oh, and I man. go, I go. I go, you brought a dog into a comedy club. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? And uh, <laughs> and then he's he goes, here, hold the dog to his lady. Starts coming like he's going to, and it's a high stage, about four or five feet off the ground, and there's a staircase at the very front. He starts coming like he's going to walk on the stage. And I go, sir, you need to go. Yeah. I go, do not come on this stage. And I'm like saying loudly, like, let's get security in here. Right, right. Because I know casino security is, you know, they're used to dealing with this kind of idiot. Yeah, so I go, yeah, sir, no just, just go. And he's like, and he's keep caging around, going back and forth. And I'm like, sir, just leave. And I'm not like, I'm like, I know, I'm not like busting his balls sure. or egging him on. <laughs> but then he goes, and at that point, I'd already done in my act that I, I do a thing in my act where I say I'm a second degree yellow belt, right? right ha ha. Right. And I'm like, I'm a shitty martial artist, right? So the crowd has already seen that. And someone's yelling out. The crowd's like, palm strike him. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, crowd, bite you in the ass. <laughs> the, crowd is, the crowd is like, the crowd is laughing, thinking it's kind of funny. Right, right. And in my head, I'm like, when he started coming toward the stage, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And then, so I'm like, get security, get out, sir, just go. And his girlfriends are like, yeah, you're back, you're back, blah, blah. Um, and then he starts to come at me again one more time. And I go, sir, I'm a fucking black belt. If you set foot on this stage, I'm going to kick you off of it. So do not come near me. Whoa. And the whole crowd goes like that. I go, yeah, guys, the yellow belt thing is a joke. I've been studying for over 10 years. Do, sir, I will defend myself. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, if this fucking guy comes on stage. I'm going to knock him the fuck out. Right, right. And then he gets his shit. And as he leaves and the girl goes, he's got PTSD. And I... I lost it at that point. I go, then what the fuck is he doing getting drunk? Yeah, if yeah. he's got PTSD, I'm like, I've been overseas. I know soldiers who have this shit. I go, what the fuck are you doing? And I go, there's no way that's a real dog. And the crowd is laughing and cheering. Right, right. And I'm like, I have that adrenaline, which I'm sure you had when that guy came at you. Yeah. Of like, I almost had to get into a fucking scrap with this dude. And, and of course, it's the one time... Usually security comes and they hang out in the back and yeah, they get yeah, a free yeah. show. No one was in the showroom. Yeah. Just me and this dog guy. Oh, and and as I'm yelling at him, the dog starts barking. <laughs> oh, that's the best bit. <laughs> this a, dog was dying. There's a dog barking. There's a redneck without sleeves. Do you know what I felt when the guy because he stood up from the back of the room and was walking. So it took 30 seconds for him to get to me and I just knew in my head cuz you guys know when you when you're doing stand up, you can you can spit your jokes out but think of something completely different in your head. Yeah, and in yeah. my head I'm going he's going to come and he's going to punch you. If you even move slightly, you're going to look like a pussy. 
Right. So you're just going to have to stand there and cop a punch in the face. Right. Because I, I couldn't throw a first punch at him because then I look like an right. asshole. Right. Sure. Very hard to do. So I'm just there going, you're going to just have to cop a punch in the face. So I had already copped a punch in my face in my head <laughs> and gone, all right, let's, let's do this. So if anybody came up, I just didn't even care. And that's why I said that thing because I go, I'm getting punched either way. Because oh, yeah, right. I said, there's no way I'm going to flinch. Because if I flinch forever, I'll be known as the flincher. <laughs> <laughs> So I just had to stand there and go, all right, I'm coming to punch in the face. Sadly, the subject has come up a lot, but I would go to the mic stand. I'd use the base of the mic stand yeah, if yeah. they're coming up. Uh-huh. I don't know why over the last like five or six episodes it's been like, so what would you do if you get charged? That's been like the topic for some reason. Back, base of the stand right to the chest. I know Boom. a guy in Australia who did that and got charged. Really? Yeah. I don't want to name names or go no. into it because I'm not sure about the details of it. Right, but right. I know that he... Uh, he may have uh, gone to jail. Um, yeah. He, even if the, even if somebody's, I guess they haven't really I, technically swung yet. Yeah, I, it was it's assault with a, with a weapon. Like, wow. It was, yeah, I, I was to go it, back it, and re-record those six episodes. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the craziest thing on your head. You know, I've had I've had a million hecklers. I've done all those bar gigs that you talk. You know, we've all done a million of those shows. But I was like, I've never had a guy start to come at me. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there like getting into a fighting stance. Yeah. Thinking of things my instructors have said to me. Right, right. And one of the one of the <laughs> Don't th- kill people. Don't kill people. <laughs> Wait till they come at you like yeah, yeah, yeah. and w- that's one of the things they would say is if you are in a public situation you should give a a public warning, like, sir. If you come at me, that's why I was like, if you come at me, I will defend that's myself. Good. Yeah, oh, really? They, they review tapes later, and you go, yeah. I, I gave him a fair warning. I, I gave him a warning. I, I said, if he comes at me, I'm going to take it as a threat, and I defended myself as such because I've had so many instructors tell me that, like, don't throw the first punch. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you tell the cops, this guy, I felt threatened. Yeah. I was defending myself. Then you're all right. You know, so I was thinking like that, and I was thinking, how do I save this show? Right. Yeah, what, then, a, what a weird situation to be in. That can't. I don't think anyone else can experience that except a comedian who is having someone come at them. Because in a bar, if someone's coming at right. you and you're by yourself, you you know how to go. All right, just just walk away or something like that. Or you can you defuse don't mark it. The sleeves, but yeah, <laughs> right. You're not you're not worried about losing the show. Yeah. So you are trying to defend that, stop that fight from happening, like, and still keep everyone entertained, and then when everything's diffused you got to tell everyone it's okay i'm still here for right. you yeah. like it's such still a weird worried about thing. getting keeping your booking next yeah. april there <laughs> yeah you you're know? worried about that you're worried you know and part of me was also like because i didn't see security haul him away mm-hmm. i just saw him walk out and i'm like well i'm in nevada i guaranteed this guy owns a gun sure oh, yeah so i'm worried oh, yeah. i'm looking over my left shoulder to the back to the wings like if I see this fucking guy and I'm, I was looking at his hands, is he mm. reaching? Like, I was thinking, I'm, I'm going to get shot. This is America, for the love of God. Everyone's right. fucking nuts with a gun. And then, and then, all like, those thoughts through your head, and you're still doing a show. Still doing it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, no one, you're right. No one knows what that could ever be. Yeah. Doing it while doing an Eddie Vedder impression. <laughs> yeah. But then, you give at ease in the audience so while then, you're going through all this in your head. Yeah. And then, I, then I'm sitting there, and then I, I still had 25, 30 minutes oh, to go. And, but I knew I, I knew the crowd was so on board with me. Yeah. And so I was just like, and I was, I was just like, all right, guys, that's never happened. 
And yeah, I just yeah. had to explain it to the crowd. Like, I know some of you might be thinking, was that a plant? No. <laughs> yeah, why, you know, why, why would you plant Why that? would I plant that guy? <laughs> that was nuts. And then I... I saved it and then had fun and I kept making jokes about sleeveless right, and right. fake service dogs sure, and sure. the crowd fucking loved it. And they yeah, came, but they, they also had no idea for the next 20 minutes you were winding down in your head after almost getting in a fight. I know. Because all that adrenaline and stuff, I know. you're still <laughs> winding down. And I know. <laughs> and then I get off Saving stage and I'm... You and should I'm, get a medal for that. that yeah. is, it was a crazy. Lot of work. And Andy Wood was there. Oh, Andy Wood, yeah. He had, he had driven up. He was on his way to go to Portland and stopped in to do a couple of guest spots. And then I get off stage and he was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He goes, I was watching the whole thing. I go, and afterwards I was like, I thought about it, went, you should have been running down to the backstage. <laughs> yeah. You should have been having my Standing back. there going, this is amazing. <laughs> Andy Wood, Why classic pussy. Classic <laughs> pussy. Even if you know anything about Andy Wood, it's like having the marching band. He was yeah. like up in the rafters yeah. watching the whole thing, never decided to come down and... <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I would have done. Right, I would have right. been on the side of the stage, yeah, yeah. looking at my buddy, going, "It's okay, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm on it. Yeah, if this yeah. guy jumps in." Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andy's eating the free buffet. Yeah, I can't believe we get free buffet. Wow, this is awesome. No, Andy, we the paid comics do. <laughs> I'm shitting on Andy. I love Andy. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Graham and I saved his life. So I can shit on Andy. What he got? Yeah, what he got is well, saved his life is a stretch, but do you think I'm right, trying? I to, saved his okay. life. Graham pushed out. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, to put Six. this in other terms so someone else might understand it. If you are an air host, air hostess, and you've just got word from the cockpit the plane's going down, and you have to keep everyone in, yeah, the, or yeah. you have to keep them all calm, but you know shit is about to go down. <laughs> That's how it must feel. Like, uh, yeah, it was the craziest. <laughs> like, trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. M- getting ready for possible violence. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And knowing like, you've still got twenty minutes to, to feel of a show. Minutes, you know. And I'm like, if this guy comes, I'm like, I'm like, literally in my head, I'm like, do I just kick him down? <laughs> do I let him come at me and happen? then get him down on the ground and restrain him? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, if I kick him down, then the audience might. The audience is the minute they see violence, they turn it. They oh, yeah, yeah. they oh, yeah. shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Whoa!" So I'm like, maybe I should just let him kind of come at me and then get him down. And I was just thinking of all this right, stuff. Right. Like, and how do I segue into selling my CD? Yeah, and then <laughs> God, they better buy a lot of merch now. <laughs> and then one of the audience members came up to me afterwards and ha- rolled his sleeves up and was pretending to yell at me, <laughs> which was funny. That's pretty uh, funny. I like how you started this conversation. It was like, oh, that reminds me of something. This <laughs> happened two weeks ago. I know. I haven't even <laughs> oh, talked to anyone about it. I literally, it happened. You're still coming down off it. That's and it. I hadn't really... Oh, here's something I haven't thought about in 48 hours. <laughs> it's so weird that you're just like, I oh, had... that's right. <laughs> I haven't, I don't know. I just sort of moved on. I, I, I stayed in my room the whole next day. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have been walking around your house like the... I was like... I didn't leave my room, and then I told them. I told them that night. I said, "Tomorrow night, I want security here. Yeah. If this guy shows up again." Yeah, yeah. And the security came up. They're like, "Yeah, we know him. We're gonna talk to him." And this, I was like, "We know him." They're like, "Well, he spent a lot of money," and I was like, "Well, think of the money this casino would have to spend if he comes on stage and hurts me in a place where I'm working." Yeah. And the security guard just stopped for a second. I go. <laughs> do those numbers <laughs> and they're like oh and I'm like yeah oh. don't let high rollers kill people <laughs> like <laughs> do a lot of things no killing it's just like 
That's crazy, man. Yeah, it was a crazy thing. I completely forgot. I never would have thought about that. I'm glad that worked out for your... Until Monty had his... Yeah, yeah. Now, I've known you a long time, but are you literally a black belt? Yeah. Okay. I I have studied that and... I'm, which doesn't you know, I, I know it doesn't it doesn't mean you're any sort of badass it just means you know the fundamentals very well sure sure anything like that I, I always said like if I f- was ever in a fight with a guy that knew what he was doing I wouldn't last long at all right but a drunk guy without sleeves yeah okay. <laughs> I feel confident I could I could handle that by the way and I, I know this oh oh and the other thing I said to the audience when he came towards the, was starting to come towards me I pointed this out afterwards I go you guys didn't see this but he was missing teeth <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> I, I know this is kind of maybe opening Pandora's box uh, if I'm using that right I don't even know I read it or something about it the other day um, <laughs> is this show on Pandora because I'm listening to you like hey go go to Gap Sleeves and buy you know or whatever you're we get a, do we get away with a little more because I've I've found myself like I've I've lot like I've tried to explain this before if you go after a comedian you're not just getting sometimes you're not just getting the comedian reacting you're getting his his shitty day yeah also and so i've unloaded on a guy who deserved it but then i've had to back off i'm like all right i gotta i'm really unloading on this guy and this yeah i could turn this into i've done it and felt bad for us and i've gone okay i've i've gone too far yeah yeah (laughs) like what what did you say i can't remember i just like someone has yelled something out and instead of just getting him with two quick ones and getting everyone on side, I got him with two quick ones and then just destroyed him to the point where he went, um, I shouldn't have said anything. And then I go, oh, God, he's just a guy trying to have fun at a club. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been doing this for 10 years and I have a thousand comebacks that'll make you look stupid. And then I went, sorry, mate, I'll, I'll get you a drink. I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I had probably had one of those when I was going through a divorce. Oh, I would I imagine, yeah, yeah. Divorce. Like somebody said something, and I was just like, oh, you want me to fucking pay for everything too? Like, whoa, that had nothing to do with uh, what I, my heckle was. Can no. I tell a story? Non- it's kind of related. I don't know why it's triggered it up. Yeah, so you never know what it'll trigger in me too. I was at a, I was at, this something is Something that happened yesterday, apparently. This is just a, a, a thing for everyone to just keep in mind sometimes with, with how your day's going and everything like that. I was at a bar... And I was having a shitty day. I, I, I can't remember what was going on with me, but I was just angry. Everyone's done it. And some guy bumped into me and I was just like, oh, and he just went, fuck off, right in my face. And I went, are you fucking, like I was just angry at everyone. I went, are you fucking serious? And he just went, do you want to go outside? And I went, yes, I do. And not, all my other friends had walked off. It was just me and this guy. And I was going to kill him. I, I don't know what I'd been doing that day. And I walked out and I, I just, for some reason, I just went, what are you doing? You're about to go and get in a fight and you, you don't know anything about what this guy's going through and we're both walking out of the venue to, to go and fight by ourselves. We didn't tell anyone else to come and watch or anything. And uh, I just turned to him. I've gone, you know what, mate? I'm sorry I bumped into you. I've just had a really shitty day. And he went, you know what? I'm sorry too. My mum my passed away today and I've just, I've just been... Re- and I just went, oh my God. Like you don't know what right, someone else right, is going right, through. Right. And uh, me and him went back inside and had a drink, like for about an hour, and chatted instead of going out and fighting because we were both angry. And it just made me think, like you don't know what anyone else has gone through yeah, that day, yeah. that year, that month, what any. Mm. So just a bit of patience for people goes a long way. Yeah, I yeah. think <laughs> a million, a million fights or conflicts could be dissolved yeah or, yeah or diffused rather in that and what you just said yeah you know absolutely I mean? by just going hey i almost got into it in the water three days ago no way three days ago yeah yeah, yeah i got i was kind of 
kind of got into a little, he was, I was paddling out. He was coming in. It closed out. Our boards almost collided. And uh, he, wanted to, he wanted to go on the beach and fight. I might have egged him on a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I'm like, dude, you're, you're 50. I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not, get, first of all, I don't get out of the water for anybody but me. Cause he's like, let's go up on the beach and fucking fight. Let's go up on the beach and fight. <laughs> let's go fight. I'm like, and he was, kept saying, let's go fight. And I go, A, I don't get out of the beach for, uh, out of the water for anybody but me. And B, I'm not 13 years old. Right? I'm not going to get out and fight you. And it went on for like 20 minutes. And the guy's like yelling, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. I'm like, all right, but I'm not getting out of the water. I'll be in for another 45 minutes. <laughs> That's that my car up there. That happens a lot in the water. And if people who don't surf, uh, the exact rage that you get from road rage yeah. is the same that happens in the water. Someone yeah, yeah. will cut you off and you lose your chance to get a wave and you're like, you fucking, what are you? Everyone's very quick to snap, like you are on the roads. If someone cuts you off, you automatically want their car to blow up. But this is the closest, because then he paddled, and I've known this guy, I've seen this guy around a lot, and he paddled up to me, and he got like right in my face, and I just said, don't do it, dude. He said, why not? I go, you know why, just don't do it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> that was smart, though. <laughs> you know why. Because he it. It was going, like my adrenaline was going, my finches, my finches, my, <laughs> my fist were... <laughs> finches, he's got a couple of birds on his hand. I'm going to bird punch him. <laughs> <laughs> Three degree French belt. And... <laughs> You know, they were, they were clenched under, you know, next to my board by my side. And it was, and he didn't, he paddled away. And as he paddled away, I said, I'd fight him by the, uh, by the bike racks. Don't do the features. Ah, nice. That's the other thing people don't realize when they, in regular life and they pull some shit with, and they don't realize they're pulling shit with a comedian. Right. I've insulted dudes and like, whatever, they're being rude in a store or something. And you just unload on them like you would in a club. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah. That's they don't know what happened. Uh, That's what? exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> because the guy and it just like he was stunned, and then it made him more mad, and then right. he'd come at me again, and I'd have another one, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, and then our friend was like, "Well, he, he obviously doesn't know you're a comic, right?" <laughs> like, I guess not. I know that is, I, that is a good set of skills. That we have. It is a particular set of skills. skills. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a nightmare for people like you. That segues into a great show we're doing on February nineteenth. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. The comic uh, comics on Safari, <laughs> our first uh, our first uh, touring uh, show at Irvine, California, uh, featuring uh, Monty Franklin, Graham Elwood, myself, Tim Lee, and hey. Joe Sib. Nice, cool, and Joe Sib and uh, Tim Lee surfs. I don't know Tim Lee surfs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome, too, man. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's at Irvine. Uh, I got a, I got a few guest list spots so any listeners want to come hit me up on the email i can throw you on the guest list we're gonna have some giveaways i think from quicksilver quicksilver are on board with a bunch of stuff they're, they're all keen to come down so yeah yeah it's gonna be a good show That's so you guys want to come down see some great comics see some great comedy and uh get some free swag and, maybe get uh, into a fight maybe yeah. get a fight who knows <laughs> yeah, yeah. who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> maybe i'll mow your lawn i don't know <laughs> So that's February 19th at the Irvine Improv. Uh, uh, so any OC or LA people want to go, uh, hit me up on uh, Facebook or my email, and uh, we'll get you on the That'll list. Be a great, and that's a great venue, too, the Irvine Improv. Yeah, it's awesome. one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. And uh, the manager there is a surfer, and I was like, so I had this. He's like, let's do it. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. And then we're working on shows in Santa Cruz later on in the year, so we'll be coming up there. But uh, before we go, and I believe nobody is watching my child right now. Uh, <laughs> He's fine. He'll be fine. Just me, He's just like, cleaning your guns. It's all right. He'll be great. He'll be great. 
we want to talk about your documentary before we split. Yeah, um, the, the documentary that we're raising money for is called Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. And, and Chris Mancini and myself, uh, Chris is my co-host on Comedy Film Nerds. We oh, who we also helped um, create uh, the LA Podcast Festival mm-hmm. with Dave Anthony and Andy Wood. Um, we got a bunch of great interviews this past festival with like Mark Marin, Aisha Tyler, Jimmy Pardo, Doug Benson. And in these interviews, we were, they were really talking about what podcasting meant to them as performers and, and how cool it is, the connection that you get to fans more so than any other, uh, any other medium that you can do. Like it basically, you know, Aisha Tyler said great stuff like, I don't talk to my family every week for an hour the way I do with podcasting. <laughs> and, and you know, the connection, like Will Anderson, we did a great interview with him because he did his, his faux fop uh, lo- first time ever live was this past October um, at the festival. And he was talking about, there's a great interview with him where he was like, he goes, most of these people in America probably don't know who I am. You know, he's a huge name act in he's Australia. He's the king of radio back at home. Yeah, yeah. He made his name huge in radio back he's, at home. He's the guy there. Yeah. And so um, you, and he was talking about, you know, he had like a hundred some people come to his podcast re- recording, mainly because he's been a guest on Walk in the Room and Comedy mm-hmm. Film Nerds. And, and that's how people know who he is. And we've all been like, you got to listen to this guy. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, um, and, and he talked about the connection. Then you hear like from the fans point of view of mm-hmm. like, I'm sure every podcast has gotten those emails where it's like, your show got me through. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital. My, someone passed away. Or, right, right. And, and, and so we really want to, this documentary, we want to explore the connection between podcasting and the fans. And like, again, when I did those those two weeks of shows in Adelaide and Melbourne, every show I did, even these little bar gigs, there was at least one or two people who would show up and say, we, I listen to comedy film nerds. Oh, that's I live in some fucking kangaroo yeah, neck yeah. Australia or whatever, some small oh, yeah, town. Kangaroo neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Under a fight there. <laughs> and, they, and I was like, I was amazed. I'm like, I'm literally on the other side of the planet and there's people that listen to my podcast and and we've gotten letters from people in Japan and all oh, you yeah, got yeah. me through the when the earthquake and tsunami hit there and all this cool stuff so we just we realized that in those interviews that we shot we wanted to make a full documentary and we thought we'd put it on Kickstarter because without fans none of us would do podcasting anyway so sure. why not have the fans fund it so if you go into Kickstarter and search for Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, or you can go to comedyfilmnerds.com and right on our homepage is a banner ad you can click right through. You can donate uh, for as little as five bucks. You can get downloads and DVDs and this tweaked audio gave us earbuds so you can basically get earbuds awesome. and you can become a producer on the project. And everyone's like, I don't have any experience producing a film. Neither do producers in Hollywood. So <laughs> you can do that. So yeah. and then it, you're qualified. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes till February twenty fourth. So awesome. Good. Love your help. No, oh, great. Excellent. Um can you close that door? Sorry. Yeah. Uh I have to be up front. Um I just no seriously, nobody's watching my child. So I just went and checked on him. <laughs> He's still yeah. sleeping. He's still sleeping. <laughs> my wife just left to go to yoga. So when I put my microphone down, um, it might have got a little fuzzy over your whole pitch. Can you do it again? <laughs> Okay, guys, no, go to... I think, uh... I, do I think I'll do it. I'll do it in an Australian accent. Um, come give me money for my uh, podcast documentary. Go to podcast.com uh, forward slash uh, butt doctor. <laughs> <laughs> butt doctor. <laughs> yeah, 
we're going to interview some Australian landscapers yeah. um, for this documentary. Some rangers. Butt yeah. doctors, actually, what <laughs> we call redheads now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things, we actually got, we have stretch goals in there that if we go past our, we're trying to raise $135,000, we go past it, we want to go to like Australia awesome. and Japan and interview fans there and other podcasters. Oh, that's and, great. That's and show great. how global it is. So get involved. Get involved on the documentary of making Airbud. All right, let's go. And Ear, earbuds. Oh, earbuds. <laughs> yeah. right. We're not if, remaking if, the dog. Oh, the dog, the dog like, movie. I love that. Oh, all right. I missed. I had to check on my kid. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, where else can we find you, Graham? Uh, GrahamElwood.com. Awesome. All my tour dates. Sure. At Graham Elwood on Twitter. Excellent. All that stuff. Excellent. Like, Monty, where can we find you, my friend? MontyFranklin.com. I'm doing the La Jolla Comedy Store next weekend, February 7th. Eight, nine, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's it. That's Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. Okay, cancel the Sunday one, but the other ones are good. <laughs> Six, seven, eight. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. I think seven, it eight. Is. All right, seven, there eight. you go. Seven, eight, seven, eight. Awesome. So if you're in La Jolla, go see Monty. If you're in Milwaukee, go see me. If you're yeah. in San Francisco, comes uh, Friday night. We're sold out, but Saturday, uh, four o'clock with Eddie Pepitone and Kira Saltanovich at the Road Stories podcast. Shazam. Uh, also, t-shirts are up at Estoy Merchandise. Uh, get on them; they're great. Uh, I might have the new ones for you guys. I know you have. They're old great. Estoy did the pod festivals. Yeah, yeah. That's where I merch. met the guy, and he's like, "Who does your merch?" And he like, did my Whistling Bane shirts. Yeah, yeah. He's they're great. great. So. Hop on there and uh, at Murray V on Twitter. And February 19th, that's the next show I'm plugging at Irvine Improv. We'll uh, all be there. We'll all yeah. be there. And That'll we want to see you guys. So uh, hit, hit us up. Bring and, your uh, mini water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your long, your, yeah. your long lawns because we want to mow them. We want to mow them. <laughs> uh, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Guys, thanks a lot for coming. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon